Welcome to the radio broadcast of Pineview Baptist Church, a growing community of faith in the Belfast community of Goldsboro. We are located at 3357 U.S. Highway 117 North in Goldsboro. We invite you to find out more about our congregation by visiting us at facebook.com forward slash Pineview Baptist Goldsboro. Join us now for our weekly message. Last week, I was able to get some extra reading done, and uh, I was given a book called Praying Through the Bible. And in it, I shared on social media that when we pray the Word of God, we do this so that the Spirit of God will use the Word of God to help the people of God pray increasingly according to the will of God. Let me say it again. We pray the word of God so that the spirit of God will use the word of God to help the people of God pray increasingly according to the will of God. And uh, in, in the book, it actually challenged you in one of the chapters. It said, now take seven minutes and pray. And if you need a stopwatch, use a stopwatch. And uh, it's a, it's a great book, and we'll, we might even be getting into it for a Wednesday night Bible study. But tonight, today, our call to worship comes from Psalm 71. Psalm 71 states, God, the rock of salvation, in you, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness and cause me to escape. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be my strong refuge to which I may resort continually. You have given the commandment to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Deliver me, O oh my God, out of the hand of the wicked, out of the hand of the unrighteous and the cruel man, for you are my hope, O oh Lord God. You are my trust from my youth. Will you pray with me? Oh, dear Lord, our Heavenly Father, we do thank you for today. We, we're thankful that we can worship you this morning. Lord, I ask that you will help our mouths to praise you continually. I pray that you will be our source of help, that you will deliver us, that you will help us to put our trust in you. Lord, strengthen your people today. Renew your people. Draw the lost. Stir us in a love for you, for your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's stand corporately and confess the things that we believe as a church. A couple of weeks ago, this was our question, what is regeneration? Regeneration, or the new birth, is a work of God's grace whereby believers become new creatures in Christ Jesus. It is a change of heart wrought by the Holy Spirit through conviction of sin to which the sinner responds in repentance towards God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So this week's catechism question from the Baptist Family Catechism, who performs the work of regeneration? The answer, the Spirit of God. Church, who performs the work of regeneration? The Spirit of God. These things we believe. All right. Psalm chapter 18. Turn back with me once again, and we're not going to... Um, take the time like we did last week to read through the entire chapter or to listen through the entire chapter because it is, 
It's a long one. I don't know if you've read it. Hopefully you have, but it is um, 50 verses long, and this has been quite a trek already, but we're going to dig back in. Our outline is, again, in the Uversion app in the events section if you want to follow along there. And we stopped last week around uh, verses 25 and 26, um, speaking in particular that quote uh, from Spurgeon. Uh, and let me go back and let me read that quote because we're going to pick up here, but I will backtrack and sort of go over what we learned um, last week. But the quote from Spurgeon following verse 19 of Psalm 18 was, Why Jehovah should delight in us is an answerless question, a mystery which angels cannot solve. Believer, sit down and inwardly digest the instructive sentence now before us and learn to view the uncaused love of God as the cause of all loving kindness of which we are partakers. The word that we find in the Old Testament over and again when it speaks of God's loving kindness and His mercy is a word that we know as hesed, hesed. And it's a beautiful word in in the original language, in the Hebrew language, that means so much more than just mercy or loving kindness, but it speaks of God's never-ending love for His people and how He is good to His people. And there's not really a good English description for it, but I think Spurgeon just really summed it up well there in his description of verse 19. Why Jehovah would delight in me is an answerless question. And I hope that after last Sunday, it caused you to sit down and reflect on that and to think about that. The loving kindness of our great God, the mercy of our great God that we do not deserve. And so we talked last week about David's praise, the fact that it was a response to the character of God. He said in verse 1, I love you, Lord, you're my strength. He goes on after that in verses 1, 2, and 3 to call the Lord his rock, his fortress, his deliverer, his rock of refuge, his shield. He says, you're the horn of my salvation, you're my stronghold. And we took special note of that pronoun that he used over and again, mine. He is my rock. He is my stronghold. He is my Lord. Not only did we see David's praise in response to the character of God, but we saw God's deliverance. Why did God rush to David's aid? Well, firstly, we see in verse 6, it was a response to David's cry for help. God hears the cries and the pleas of his people. We talked about the question, how does God respond? And in that section of Scripture here in the middle of our chapter, verses 7 down through verse 19, we see a wonderful description of how God responds to His people in power and in might. The point that we ended with last week was the fact that we are overwhelmed, that God delights in us. And so the question for us where we pick up this week is why does God hear and respond to David? Why does God hear and respond to David? The first reason is integrity, and we find that in verse 20. Psalm 18, verse 20, read it with me. The Lord dealt with me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands. He rewarded me. 
for I have kept the ways of the Lord. I have not done wickedly. I have not departed from my God, for all his rules were before me and his statutes I did not put away from me. I was blameless before him, verse 23. I kept myself from my guilt. So the Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. If you have your Bibles open, flip back to the Old Testament, to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 28. Chapter 28, beginning in verse 1. We're going to read down through verse 14 here. It says in verse 1, And if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all His commandments that I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your ground and the fruit of your cattle, the increase of your herds and the young of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall, be, shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before you. They shall come out against you on your way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in the barns and in all that you undertake. And he will bless you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a people holy to himself as he has sworn to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways... And all the peoples of the earth shall see that you were called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will make you abound in prosperity, in the fruit of your womb, in the fruit of your livestock, and the fruit of your within the fruit of your land, your ground, within the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his treasury, the heavens to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hands, and you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make, your, make you the head and not the tail, and you shall only go up and not down if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I commanded to you today. Be careful to do them. And if you do not turn aside from any of the words that I command you today to the right hand or to the left to go after other gods to serve them. Amen. God had given his law in Deuteronomy. He had given his law to his covenant people and he told them right at the beginning that his response to us is oftentimes one that is based on our own integrity. And David says, I have clean hands. I have kept myself from the things of this world. I have followed after God. I have followed, not perfectly, but I have followed after him. And God responds to me because of that, David says. This isn't a look at me, look how good I am. He's not, he's not boasting in his self. He's boasting in Christ. You see, David realizes that his righteousness is not his own. Even in the Old Testament, even before Christ came, the prophets knew that righteousness is something that is imputed. 
It is something that is given. It is something that is granted. It's not something that we can accomplish. And so by alluding back to God's past protection of Israel that we saw last week, he's pointing back to the covenant people of God. He's reminding them of who they were, who they are because God has called them and that they are to be a people of integrity. David says, I know God came to my aid because I walked with him, because I sought his face, because I served him, I kept his rules. In Psalm 14 and 3, David said this, there is none who does good, not even one. And remember that the king was also a prophet. He foresaw the future. He prophesied about the absolute beauty and the purity of Christ. And God answered the Lord Jesus and delivered him from death precisely the same way because of his sinless perfection, because of his sinless life. And Jesus could say that the Lord dealt with me according to my righteousness, as it says in verse 33. And David can say the same thing. God has dealt with me because of my righteousness, but it's not a righteousness that I secured, imputed. Not only integrity, but we see in the text reciprocity. Verse 25, verse 26 of Psalm 18. Verse 25 says, With the merciful you show yourself merciful. With the blameless man you show yourself blameless. With the purified you show yourself pure. And with the crooked you make yourself seem tortuous. He deals with each individual according to his or her attitude. And that's dangerous, isn't it? Because some of our attitudes sometimes stinks. But it tells us here in this text that he rewards them because of their character, because of their deeds. He's always just. He's always, he always saves the humble. He always humbles those who think that they're something of themselves. God responds to us in kind, brothers and sisters. That's what David is saying. It was based on my righteousness, a righteousness that is not my own. It was given because of Christ. He reciprocates. He's a merciful God. Notice verse 27. It says, for you save a humble people, but the haughty eyes you bring down. For it is you who light my lamp. The Lord my God lightens my darkness. Now, let's keep on going. Let's go through verse 30. Let's read 30 and 31. This God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for those who take refuge in Him. Verse 31, For who is God but the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? We've seen David's praise. We've seen God's deliverance. Now, finally, we see God's blessing. We see God's blessing. You say, well, isn't the deliverance the blessing? No, our God is so good that he keeps on and he keeps on and he keeps on. And so in verse 30 down through verse 45, we see how God strengthened David, how God blessed David moving forward. And as he's looking back over his career as a warrior, as a general, as a king, He's relishing in the fact that God has been more than faithful, that God has been so good to him. And he goes on to describe this strengthening. God equipped David in verse 32, we see this way. The God who equipped me with strength 
and made me made my way blameless. Notice that the God who equipped me with strength and made my way blameless once again imputed righteousness. He made my way blameless. He strengthened me. He equipped me. Matthew Henry said, what service God designs men for, he will surely fit them for. Amen. What service God designs men for, he will surely fit them for. If God has called you to something, he will equip you. If God has told you to minister in a certain way, he will give you the tools. He will give you the talent. He will give you the ability. David knows that truth and he says, God made my way blameless. God imputed righteousness to me. If you are a believer, you have that same spiritual weapon. You have that same equipment available to you today through Jesus Christ to face whatever battle you're facing, to minister in whatever capacity He's called you. God equips His people. The Scriptures say in Ephesians 6, verse 12, "...for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood." but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, Paul says, having fastened on the, the belt of truth, put on the breastplate of righteousness, Shoes as your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and all supplication. Those tools are ours. They have been granted to every believer. We have to take them up though. We have to put them on. That's why Paul says what he says, put on the full armor of God. Are you wearing it? It's God who does the equipping. It's God who gives the victory. Verse 37. It is God who gives the victory. I pursued my enemies and overtook them. I did not turn back till they were consumed. I thrust them through so that they were not able to rise. They fell under my feet. For you equipped me with strength for the battle. You made those who rise against me sink under me. You made my enemies turn their backs to me and those who hated me, I destroyed. It was God who had extended David's victories beyond the borders of Israel. The king had been able to subdue other kingdoms to bring them under his control. And he finds in this text the citizens of his own country at peace enjoying prosperity. In the Believer's Bible commentary, it says this, Christ is pictured primarily as a man of war here. This is consistent with the other scriptures that teach that when He comes back to earth, He will first of all come to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them of their ungodly deeds, which they have committed in an ungodly way. And of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against Him. After being equipped for war by God the Father, Christ pursues and utterly destroys His enemies. Amen. And so David's personal victory here that he is writing about in Psalm 18 points us forward to the greater victory of the coming Messiah. 
Just as David would experience strife, conflict in his own life and amongst the people of Israel, Jesus would come one day and find himself at odds with his fellow Jews. And just as David would be delivered from the wicked and evil men, Christ would be lifted up from the grave. And just as David would be rejected and despised across the land, Christ would and still is being despised and rejected in this land. Christ defeats His enemies, even the enemy of death and hell and the grave. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 25, God has put all things in subjection under His feet. You go back and you read verse 7 down through verse 19 or 20 today. At some point when you get home, if you're reflecting and going back over the notes that you've made, read that section again and see if it sounds like some weak Savior. See if it sounds like a God who is unable to come to the aid of His people. Remember our truth that David is rejoicing in a faithful God who has rescued him from his enemies throughout his life. And that God brings great salvation and steadfast love to His covenant people. He has done that in David's life. We can take it to the bank. He will do that in our lives. Why? Because all things are under His feet. So how do we apply this? Well, we find the application in verses 45 down through verse 50. Verse 45, read it with me. It says, foreigners lost heart, came trembling out of their fortresses. First of all, may our enemies flee. There's nothing wrong with, with praying imprecatory prayers, brothers and sisters. David did it time and again all through the Psalms. And I think that there's other models that we see throughout Scripture. And to pray for God to give us victory over our enemies, to destroy them, I think that's a perfectly acceptable and biblical prayer. God, break their teeth. God remove them. Those who stand against life, those who want to hush up uh, our preaching of the gospel, those who want to stand and spit in the face of our king, God break their teeth, make them flee. Verse 46, the Lord lives and blessed be my rock and exalted be the God of my salvation. May our God be exalted. And may we not leave it to others to do the exalting, but may we today lift up our voices and say, our God wins, our God reigns. Verse 47, the God who gave me vengeance and subdued peoples under me. Verse 48, who rescued me from my enemies. Yes, you exalted me above those who rose against me. You delivered me from the man of violence. May justice be executed. May God's people care about justice being done in this world and may we pray for it. May it be executed. Verse 49, For this I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations and sing to your name. May the saints praise Him. May we do what we're commanded and called to do. May we join together in worship corporately. May the saints praise His name. Verse 50, Great salvation he brings to his king and shows steadfast love to his anointed, to David and his offspring forever. The steadfast love of the Lord 
seen in the person and the work of Jesus Christ who would come one day and was pointed to in that verse of Scripture. The offspring of David. We know today that that love endures forever and ever. And one day Christ's victories will be completed. One day, it says in the Scriptures that we will hear a voice from heaven coming down saying, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of His Christ. And He shall reign forever and ever. Our God reigns. Our God rules. Our God wins. And so David says, the Lord is my rock. The Lord is my stronghold. He's my fortress. I ask you today, do you know Him in such a way? Life is hard. Life is difficult. The culture, the world around us is dead set against us. We need to know that we have a covering, that we have a safe place. Why did David know this God as his rock and his fortress? Because he knew the imputed righteousness of Christ. And so this this beautiful psalm is all about righteousness. It's all about Christ. It's all about our King. And He rules. He reigns. This is God's Word. It is for us as people. I say thanks be to God for it. Heavenly Father, we love You. And I pray that Your Word would rule and reign in our lives. I pray that everything that we do would be informed by what is written, what has been given to us. That we would hold high God's Word, that we would place a great value. Lord, I pray that we will apply it today, that we, like David, will be people of praise, people who respond to the character of God. People who know the deliverance of God. We know the truth that He hears His people people who know the blessing of God. To know that our strength comes from You and not from ourselves. That our victory comes from God and not by our own labors or the works of our hand. And Lord, like the psalmist said in this psalm, may our enemies flee. May our God be exalted, may justice be executed, and may the saints praise your name. It's in the name of Christ Jesus we pray and ask these things. Amen. If you would like more information about Pineview Baptist Church, we invite you to follow us on social media. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Pineview Baptist Goldsboro. There you will find information about our service times, upcoming events, directions to our church, and videos of our Sunday services.